Hey, I'm Ashley Lemieux, and I'm here to help you uncover the greatest power in your life. You! After going on my own healing journey, I realized I was looking for the wrong thing, a way out. But I didn't need a way out. What I really needed was a way in, to fully uncover who I am. Each week I'll be sharing tangible tools and inspiring interviews to help you create a clear pathway forward in areas of your life that you might feel stuck or overwhelmed in. I'm not here to be the expert on your life. You are. What I want is to help you believe that. So get ready to reframe your thoughts, reimagine your future, and reclaim your power. Are you ready? I am. You guys, I am so excited to have you back this week to have an awesome conversation with my dear friend, Jenica Parcell. Actually, Jenica and I met each other in college, which is so wild because I think that was probably like 15, 16, maybe even 17 years ago now. Yes. It's been so fun to be able to just see what you've been doing and the support that you give other women. Um, Jenica is an amazing infertility coach and how she shares her journey with infertility is something that has helped me a lot. And so I wanted to have her on today to just have a very candid conversation about infertility, about the struggle that it brings, but then also about the community and the support that can be found inside of it because we both know how lonely it can be. So Jenica, welcome and thank you for hanging out with me this morning. You are the best. I'm so excited to be here. And I just feel like whenever I talk with you, it always gives me a flashback to college days. And I literally feel like it was a blink ago. Like we blinked and all of a sudden we're here. And as I, as I was thinking about talking with you today, I was getting ready in my bathroom this morning and I was thinking about the time, which is so fascinating to me that this stands out because there's so many things that have happened to me in my life that haven't stood out like this. But we were in Ashley's apartment and, and I remember her mentioning that she wanted to write a book one day. And that stood out to me because I, and I don't know why. That's what's fascinating to me is like, maybe it was like a truth that I'm like, saw this future that was actually going to happen and that she was fully committed to that. And it was also, I think the fact that none of my other friends had ever said that before. And then fast forward to what, 17, 18, I don't even know. I'm not even, I'm not good at math on the spot, (laughs) but fast forward and you have two books that have already been launched and it's just so cool. I just absolutely love that you commit to what you say you're going to do, even though it's so freaking ridiculously hard. You just do it anyway. Thanks. I feel like when I look back on our college time, I mean, I feel like I was a totally different person. So, but the fact that I've known forever that I want to write a book and that stayed with me forever, I think is a testament to, to me just knowing what I was supposed to be doing in my life in college. Like I was, I was wild. Like we had some good times. We did. Yeah. And like, I feel like our wild is probably not what other people's wild was. Not like the drunken, right? not like the drunken wild, but like, I don't know. (laughs) Like the bad relationships and the ups and downs. Yeah. Yep. That kind of wild. It was, it was a good time, but now you're a mom. Yes. That is correct. And you provide so much support for other women. And in fact, I kind of want to start here because I kind of, I would love, I would love for everyone who, who are listening to hear your journey with infertility. But something that I always think about is 
what was it, just a couple months ago now when I did our first IUI and I felt like I was just drowning. One day you just texted me to, no, you either texted or called. You actually might've called me just to see how I was doing because you knew that it was the first time. And that meant so much to me. And I know that you did that because you also know what it feels like. Um, And I know how important it is for you to give other women support during the very unexpected roller coaster of infertility. So let's start at the beginning of your journey, wherever you wanna start it from. Okay, so I'll give kind of a brief overview because it was a lot, as I think a lot of infertility experiences are. I had no idea my husband Tyler and I would experience infertility. I, in fact, was the person that really didn't want kids for a long time. We got married really young when I was 21. And I remember the day after we got engaged, my husband, well, my then fiance was like, when do you want to start trying to have kids? And I was like, oh, whoa. I was like, if this is a deal breaker, you need to know now. I'm like, I'm not ready anytime soon. You know, because he's like, let's start trying it and then have kids next year. And I was like, no, that's just not going to happen with me. <laughs> you chose the wrong girl. <laughs> Red flag. You can get out now before we go any further. <laughs> and so it was actually a relief. Let's see. I was probably... 27 years old, like six years later, when I felt that nudge to like that motherly nudge, I remember I was sitting in church, I saw a little girl with brown eyes and it just hit me like, oh my gosh, I'm ready. I think I'm going to have a little girl with brown eyes one day, which is interesting because now I do. But I was really relieved at the time because I just never had that motherly instinct. I was never the one that was like, I'm so excited to have little babies. And I think that in part, it was that for some reason, probably because my mom I guess, blinded to the hardships that also come with motherhood. And so I knew that it would be difficult as well. And I just had, I think, a lot of drive for career. And so I had a great career. One thing led to another and I ended up being a um, executive, what does it even call a sales executive for resellers in the, in the software company. I don't even know if that's my official title. <laughs> it's like, it seems like a different <laughs> lifetime ago. But anyway, long story short, we finally decided that it was time and... I was so relieved. And so I was like, cool, planning everything out as I like to do in my life. And as so many people can, with infertility can relate, you just don't plan for a lot of the things. So I, in my head, my ideal plan was that we were going to get off birth control and we get pregnant right away and it would be great. And I could just go along with my life and that next step would be checked off my list. And it didn't happen that way. So after a year of trying, we started seeing an infertility specialist and nothing really seemed too glaring at first. We did three IUIs, which is artificial insemination as you know, and essentially it just gives you the normal percent chance, which is 20% chance that people with normal conception abilities, I guess you could say, have every month. And so we did that three months in a row, which is typically what they recommend, I guess, if nothing is glaringly wrong with your egg quality or your uterus or anything like that, which nothing was with mine. And none of that worked. And at the time that I got my job, I didn't realize this, but this is another way that God was looking out for me where It had really, really good infertility coverage, which is very, very rare. And it was so interesting too, because looking back, it's so easy to see the way that God was looking out for us. I had wanted a job really bad previous to getting this job. And I was like, there's no reason why I shouldn't get it. I'm perfectly qualified for it. Why have I not gotten this job yet? And looking back, I can very clearly see why. And when we got this, when I got this new job, that I can't remember the title to apparently, 
<laughs> we got, uh, we had this really incredible infertility insurance. We moved on to in vitro. The office happened to be around the uh, place where I worked. It was like five minutes from my office. And so it was really easy to kind of go through these infertility treatments without telling a lot of people. I just didn't involve a lot of people at first. And I didn't want to tell people that I worked with because I didn't want them to count me out of opportunities because although that shouldn't happen, let's just be honest, I think it does. I think oftentimes people are like, oh, well, she's trying to get pregnant. She's going to have a baby. And so we're not going to look at her for opportunities for advancement in the company. So I kind of just kept it to myself. We did two rounds of IVF. Both of those failed. Uh, the second round of IVF, I I it technically was like a chemical pregnancy is what they call it, which to be honest, I still don't understand. But basically it's like your HCG levels go up, but like, I think it's where the um, embryo implants in the wrong spot. So they're like, it's not going to work. And so I ended up having a miscarriage on an airplane in China, which I did not expect either because I'd never had a miscarriage before. And so I just thought I had a really bad period. And it was, the airplane was broken down. It was like 95 degrees. I was in so much pain. I like had a miscarriage in the bathroom and I was like, oh my gosh, like what is like, just very surprised. And there's a whole story there where I'm like, this is not legal, but the people that like the flight attendants that were running the flight that day, the, the plane was still grounded, but I was, I felt like I was going to have a panic attack. I didn't say this. I was like trying to keep my cool, but inside I'm like, oh my gosh, like don't lose it, Jenica. Just don't lose it. Cause I was in a lot of pain. So hot. I'm like dripping sweat. They ended up opening up the back doors of the airplane. I literally was sitting there with my leg, like hanging off the side of the airplane, just sitting there trying to get fresh air. And I'm like, for sure they would get fired for that. But like, also thank you. <laughs> it's just the weirdest, for, that. For, for real. It was like the weirdest thing. And so Anyway, I don't feel like I fully understood what happened until afterwards. So we got home and up until this point, I hadn't really told that many people after three IUIs, three, two rounds of IVF. I hadn't told a whole lot of people because I just expected it to work and I expected to share my success story, which I think there's a huge lesson in that too, where I'm like, I'm going to share the success story in the end and I'm going to move on with my life and it's all going to be fabulous. And that was not the plan that God had for me. So I wrote my whole story down when I had jet, jet lag in the middle of the night. It was like 2 a.m. I just wrote it all out. And I've always loved to write as I know you do too. And it was super therapeutic for me. And I just felt so good about it. And I got this nudge to share it. And I was like, I don't know. This is very vulnerable. I don't really want to offend people. I also don't want to put my heart out on my sleeve because then it's like I have to do a lot of thought work on not getting offended myself. And I was just like, I don't know about this. So I kind of sat on it for a couple of weeks, but that nudge kept coming. And I ended up sharing that post on my blog at the time, a slice of style.com. And at the time I had started a fashion blog. Well, it's like fashion, good deals, recipes a year prior. And I felt like I was living this double life because I was sharing like my life online, but it wasn't really my life. It was like the good parts of it. Right. Which I think is kind of common. And, but I just felt like a kind of a fraud at that point. I'm like, okay, I'm going through this really hard thing that's starting to really devastate me and feel very heavy, heavy, but no one knows it. Everything just looks perfect and fine from the outside. And so when I shared it, I was shocked at the response that I got because this was back in 2014. And I don't actually, I think it was 2015, excuse me. And I 
didn't realize how common infertility was at the time because I hadn't talked with anyone about it. Like how would I realize that? Right. And so I was blown away by the response that I got. People would email me and say, I'm so glad that you shared. I feel so much less alone. And I was just blown away by it because I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea how many people experienced this. And I was also very, very blown away by the weight that fell lifted off my shoulders. I think that I didn't even realize that I wasn't giving myself support and that I needed support. And I didn't realize how heavy it was getting. Like I felt it was just like it slowly got heavier and heavier and heavier and I wasn't realizing it. And then when I shared it was like other people were carrying the burden with me. And even without me asking, they were praying for us and it just felt physically lighter. And I don't think that I really would believe someone if they told me this, if I hadn't personally experienced myself, because it was actually like a physical sensation where my shoulders had gotten so heavy carrying it on my own that I didn't realize how hard it was. And it was just such a relief to know that I didn't have to carry it alone anymore. And so long story short, we took that summer off. I, Tyler and I bought dirt bikes uh, because apparently that's what you do when you're needing a break from infertility treatments. So random. That and is such a great idea. I think I, I fully support that decision. <laughs> it's hilarious. I'd never ridden a dirt bike before. I'm like, sure, why not? And we were, I was just desperate for something to take my mind off of things for a break. I just felt physically and emotionally absolutely exhausted. So we just rode dirt bikes every weekend that summer. And then during that summer, I had gone on a business trip to Canada. And with one of my colleagues, we were walking down this cute little street after work one day. And we went to this boutique and I picked up a book that said, um, 100 gathered thoughts for my beautiful child. And at the bottom of every page, there was a quote to this author's child. And I thought it was the most beautiful book. I actually have it on my nightstand or sorry, not my nightstand, my, um, my book stand here in my office still. And I was like, what a beautiful idea to write these like sweet sayings to a child. And so that's what gave me the idea to document our third round of IVF with letters to our future child. And so on my blog, that's how I opened up about it to everybody was I just said, you know, in each new blog post to my beautiful child. And I would just write to that future child of ours, updating them about the IVF cycle, how I was feeling, the ups, the downs, the funny parts, the exhausting parts. And, um, I think people just really could relate to that. And I just think that that's, I think, you know, you can agree that this is what we need is people to open up about their challenges because it helps the rest of us feel so much less alone. And I just don't think we need to carry it on our own. I think that that's such a lie that I think personally that the adversary tells us because we, he doesn't want us to feel supported. He wants us to hide and not lift one another up. And so that lie, I think is easily believable that we've got it on our own. We can do it by ourselves. We we're independent. We don't need other people to get through things. And through that experience, I really saw that that was not true at all, that I needed it and other people needed my story as well. And through the IVF cycle, so much easier to carry. I, I ended up switching to a different doctor and that's a whole other story, but we ended up getting pregnant with twins, a boy and a girl. And their names are Harris is our boy. Goldie is our girl. They just turned five on July 13th, 2021. And it's, I mean, like it's not rainbows and daisies by any means, you know, life is life. Life is still 50, 50 and hard, but we're so incredibly grateful for them in our life. And I've just been so grateful for the honor that it's been to be able to share our story to then help other people experiencing infertility as well. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. And I want to go back to something that you said, because I think that 
you know, as we, as we tell kind of where we're at and where our infertility journey has led us or what it's taken, you know, part of that is it's the easy part of saying, so we did three IUIs that failed and then we did two rounds of failed IVF and we can sum it up like that. Yeah. But in the moment of it, can you talk about what that actually felt like? Because I feel like I know that there's a lot of women who are listening to this right now who are, who have had both of our mindsets, which is, okay, um, we need fertility support and this is going to be easy and it's going to get us pregnant and it's going to end up how we want it to. And, and you know, it's, it's just, it's just going to be the next part of our story and it's going to be okay. And then in reality, when you have a treatment that does not work that month, for me at least, the amount of pain and burden and and even physical stuff that you have to sort through, the hormones, the like oh, yeah. massive bloating, at least for me, and the feeling like physically feeling like crap and emotionally feeling like I'm going to absolutely have a breakdown, I think is the part that comes and can be very unexpected and very lonely. So I would love to hear whatever you'd like to share about what that was like for you. Yeah, it's such a great question. I'm so glad you're bringing it up because it's so relatable to anyone experiencing infertility, I think. And for me, I went in completely blindsided. Like I had mentioned, I was going to be the person that it worked for. And then I'd share the success story at the end. And boy, did I, was I wrong in that? I felt, like you said, physically very, very just ill. It's hard to even put into words about how the hormones make you feel. I just felt like, oh my gosh, like physically, like I remember when I flew to China, my ankles just swelled up like balloons. And I'm like, what is this? And I think it was because of the hormones. And then, then you add on the way that it makes you feel emotionally. And I expected it to work. And I think that that was so devastating for me because after three IUIs and two rounds of IVF, I'm like, oh my gosh. And that was, I think that's when the real fear hit, hit me. Cause I'm like, what next? Like at that point, I'm like, what if we can't have children? And it was opening up all of these fears. And as someone who likes to plan my life, as I think most of us do, I had graduated high school. I had graduated college. I had gotten married. I had had a great career and I'm like stuck. I felt like I was able to control all of those other things. And with this, there's only so much you can control. And I think that's where it was the most hard for me is that I was like, I'm doing everything that I should be doing and I'm still not getting what I want. And I think that I have grown so much emotionally because of that. And it's helped me develop into someone who can, who has had to, right? I wouldn't have chosen it, but I've had to recognize that life is 50-50. And that has been something that's been huge for me in realizing that no matter where I'm at, it's 50-50, 50% awful, 50% amazing. And it's not always balanced every day, right? Like yesterday, I was telling you before we started the podcast, it was 95% awful. I hated yesterday. I'm like about to give up everything, right? And then there's other days where it's amazing. You're on vacation and like you have no worries. But for me, I think the thing that I had to learn, which I'm grateful I know now, although looking back on it, I wouldn't wish it on myself or anybody else, is that I needed to accept myself as a human being who has really, really hard 
trials and emotions. And at the point, like looking back on it, I didn't allow myself that. I had so many good things going for me. I had a good job, a good husband that I would allow myself to feel sad temporarily and then be like, oh no, you don't deserve to feel sad because there's so many other people who have so many things that are worse than you. Or, well, at least you're not going into huge debt going through these fertility treatments. There's so many people that are. And so, which I think is just so unhelpful. I'm like, because I don't allow myself to feel sad, doesn't magically get someone else's infertility treatments paid for. I'm like, it's just logically doesn't make sense. What the point I'm trying to get at in a very long winded way is essentially I had to learn how to process my feelings. And I had to allow myself those really, really hard, low moments where I'm like, I just want to give up. Like, what's the point? But then realize in those moments that there's nothing wrong with me. I Nothing had gone wrong. Like I'm still a 100% whole human being, even in those low, horrible moments where I'm sobbing on the ground, crying to God, asking why, why, you know? And um, at the time I didn't, I, I thought like I had done something wrong. I had done something bad. I shouldn't be feeling this way. And through doing a lot of work since then, I realized that nothing's gone wrong. It's just, that's just part of the human experience. And it's horrible sometimes, but you're still 100% whole, even in those awful, terrible moments. And nothing's gone wrong. Life is just really, really hard sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I keep learning is that life is really, really hard sometimes. And I think that in order to cope, sometimes we minimize our emotions. And that's why we say, well, but I don't, I don't have it as bad as X, Y, and Z. And it, it, when we can minimize our emotions in our minds for a moment, it's like, okay, well then I can handle this, but, but then it doesn't allow us to process and to fully feel what's going on. And I think too, like for me, there's something that really resonated that you were just talking about is that there's so many things that you can have, con- well, that you feel like you can have control over at least like right. your job or your, I don't, I don't know, just so many things. And then when the one thing doesn't happen that you really want to happen, it sends you into this feeling of powerlessness. And I think it's in those moments of, of feeling powerless that life starts feeling really scary and overwhelming. And we wonder if it's ever going to change or if we're going to feel this way forever. Um, right. Before we move on from this, I, I would, I want to ask you because like for me, taking that first step to even go to the fertility clinic was such a big deal. Something about that, it felt like, like I remember when I went to therapy for the first time and I just sat on my therapist's couch and I just cried because I could not believe that I was a person in therapy. And now I'm like, everyone, every single person on on planet earth needs to step inside of therapy, right? <laughs> right. Like when, you, when you do it for the first time, it's like very overwhelming. That's yeah. how I felt walking into the fertility clinic for the first time, which was just, I think now in, in January of this year. So just several, a few months ago, I remember beforehand, I just sat in my car, just sobbing, like, how did I get here? Is this even going to work? Do I actually even need to be here? Do I want to be here? What, what's going to happen? I would just love to talk just for a moment to hear from you, to talk to those people who, um, have not grown their family yet or, 
who are trying to grow their family again and it's not happening, um, what would you say to that to that woman who feels afraid to walk inside of a fertility center for the first time? I love this question because I felt the same way. It was just very intimidating to me. And I think for the majority of people experiencing infertility, it's unexpected. So I think we can expect a lot of the things that happen to us in our lives in terms of big events, but infertility for a lot of us is, is not one of those things. And so it can feel very hard to feel prepared for that because you don't know to prepare for it. And so I think my best words of advice would be just to allow yourself to feel sad, but don't make it mean anything about you as a person, about your worth. I think that, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's our pride. I don't know if it's just the fact that I think that, you know, and and I don't know if it's our pride. I think it really, as I think about the reason why we don't ask for help in situations like that is because we have good intentions and we want to be able to be independent to get the things that we want in our own lives. And so it just puts us in a very vulnerable place when we're in a position like that, where we need help and we can't control what's going on and we need the help. And that can easily lead to things like shame and that we've done something wrong. And so I would just encourage people to realize that thinking those thoughts are a choice. And one thing that I've learned through my infertility coaching is that there's nothing that's true or false. It's all just make-believe. And so why not choose thoughts that are benefiting us and empowering us to feel brave? I don't want to feel shame. I can easily choose thoughts that make me feel shame and they can be true for me if I want them to be true for me, but I can also choose a truth for myself that is more empowering and that allows me to feel brave. And so I just think knowing that, that we are in control of the experience in that regard in terms of what thoughts we allow to stay is very empowering. I, something that helped me is that I started, the thought that I started having is that I'm seeking support on my fertility journey. And so as I thought of it that way, um, instead of there's something wrong with me, there's something broken inside of me. I feel so shameful about it. I'm infertile, you know, like all of those, all of those just negative thought processes for me, when I was able to look at it as, you know what? Right now, I'm I'm seeking support on my fertility journey, and yeah, and we're gonna see what happens. And that was really helpful. But you you just touched on something again that's so important is that so many of us and and I'm gonna talk because of our conversation is talking about specifically going through infertility as a woman. So many of us don't reach out for help because we. I don't know, like we want to do it alone or we want to, to convince ourselves maybe that we're more okay than we actually are doing, or we feel ashamed of other people knowing, or that there will be judgment or whatever that story is. It can be so hard to reach out and to even acknowledge individually that, that you even need support in the first place. And I think for me, there's, I I talk about the club of life and sometimes you enter into these clubs or these groups that you have no interest 
and being a part of. For me, it's been loss of children. And now, now the club of uh, infertility. And it's like, you want nothing to do with it. And so sometimes it's hard to connect with others who are also in it because there's uh, part of the grieving process is this process of denial. And and let's be honest, when you go through infertility, there is a major grieving process there. Um, And so the denial of, well, I'm experiencing this, but I'm not in the same group as them. And so I don't want to fully enter can leave us feeling even more isolated and alone. Was there a time in your journey? I mean, I know that you talked about writing um, on your blog and I remember when you did that and it was so powerful and so beautiful. Uh, Was there a time where you were like, okay, I'm, I'm ready or I'm needing or I'm wanting support from other women? This is such a good question. And it's so interesting too. I think there's so much psychologically that goes on in our minds because of it. And I think you really nailed it where you said that it's a, it's a way that we're processing it. And I think that sometimes in order to process things, denial really can be like that first step because if you don't, it's, it's almost like when we're kids, if, if I'm, if I close my eyes then nothing, like it's not there. Right. And what, what I think is actually happening is that we're denying ourselves the support that we need. And I've done it so many times, right? I did it when we did that first round of trying to get pregnant. And I think that in doing so, we genuinely think that we're benefiting ourselves, right? Because if we didn't, like we wouldn't do it. So that's, I think one of the things that has been so eye-opening to me as I've kind of studied the brain this last year and like our thoughts is that so many thoughts seem so innocent and they seem like they're helping us. But when we analyze it from a very curious perspective to see what results they're causing in our lives, we're like, oh, like this is not what I want. So for example, the thought like I've got this, I can do this on my own sounds very innocent. It sounds very helpful. Like, of course I can do it on my own. I'm good. But then I, then the actions that I take is that I maybe withdraw myself from other people. I don't reach out for the support that I need. And the result is that I can end up feeling very lonely and not getting that support that I actually need. And so I think that the first step in getting support is just acknowledging that you are a human being and you were built to need other people. And we, we aren't supposed to do it alone. And that's just literally a fact. I mean, I do not have the skills that you have. I, you know, you have many skills that I don't have. And I need you because of your skills that God has given you and that you've developed through experiences and vice versa. And so I think just really realizing the value in other people can be a great way to look at it because it's not that I lack, it's it's all of these incredible people that have so much to give, I think is a great way to look at it. I don't think, you know, because if I think to myself like, oh, I don't have enough, I, I'm not able to support myself those thoughts can lead to feelings of inadequacy and will also lead you to not reach out to other people. So I just think acknowledging that human beings are not supposed to go through life alone. We each have individual experiences that enable us to support and lift one another. And every single person listening to this podcast has that for other people. And I think that seeing those 
experiences and the talents developed through those experiences in other people is a really great first step to realizing that they have a lot to give. And, and so I think that helps us to have an understanding that although we are perfectly whole, we're so much better as a uh, whole human society, if you will. And so for me, it's not like I lack the, the support, or I guess it's not that I lack the skill to help myself. It's that I just wasn't built to do it on my own. And so for me, I didn't even realize that for the longest time. Like I said, I think thoughts could be so deceptive. I genuinely thought that I was like, good. I was handling it on my own. And then when I look back, I can see essentially I was drawing away from the support that I didn't even realize that I needed. And so I just think that that's probably where it starts for most people is just realizing that as a human being, that we're just not supposed to go through life on our own. Something that I find so fascinating is that you went from not wanting anyone to know about the the infertility journey that you were on to now you have built an entire community that is dedicated specifically to helping women through infertility. That, (laughs) that is, I mean, if that's not a testament of healing and growth and connection, I honestly, I don't know what is. And I know that you recently launched a coaching program, which I would love to hear more about. So tell us what it is that you do now with helping women through their journey. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share. And I I just really love, it's just been such a process for me. And I've just grown so much as a person and seen how opening up and connecting with other women has been so helpful for me that I just can't deny what I've learned. And so I had no intention of starting a business or coaching program for women with infertility initially, but slowly I started learning about life coaching. And when I first heard about it, I was like, what is that? I'm like, who needs a life coach? You know, I'm like, (laughs) I didn't understand what it was, but I started listening to um, some life coaches that I learned so much from on their podcast. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And it was so interesting because when people asked me how I got through infertility and how I could continue to move forward, I always told them it was a thought that I thought that allowed me to be brave and feel not resentful and continue to proceed forward, even though it was still scary. And that thought was that I believe that as all human beings, we are we all have challenges. And for me in that moment, I always thought this is my challenge right now. Every single human being that I meet and that are on this planet have challenges and trials. This is just mine right now. And some people's aren't visible. Some people I would look and, and everything looks completely fine in their life, but they're struggling with something really, really hard internally. And I just know that as a fact, I think that's one of the reasons why we are here on this earth and through challenges and trials, we can grow into the resilient, stronger human beings that we were always meant to be. And so that thought always helped me to move forward, but that's kind of essentially where it ended. I'm like, I don't know how to explain anything other than that to people. So when I heard about this model in the, this life coach program called the life coach school, I 
learned about it. And to summarize it really briefly, it's that your circumstances are neutral always. The way you think about them is what determines how you feel. And then the actions that you take based on how you're feeling determine the results that you get in your life. And I'm like, this is what I was doing. I just didn't know that because my thoughts about my infertility were causing me to feel peace, which allowed me to feel actions like trying new things, seeing new doctors, finding ways to support myself and essentially getting the results that I wanted long-term, which was to grow my family. And it was, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what people have been asking me about. I just didn't know how to tell them. And so I learned that model and I was able to apply it to any problem in my life because when we understand how our brains work, we're then able to understand what's going on from a very curious way in our brains versus being judgmental of ourselves. And then we're able to take that knowledge and, and get any results that we want because we know where our feelings come from, which is always our thoughts. And um, so I did the coaching program and got certified with the model that has completely changed my life and helped me to be able to accept myself in my imperfections, the good parts about me, the bad parts about me and love myself as a whole, which I've never, I've always had pretty good self-esteem relatively, but I feel like it's allowed me to grow my self-esteem and understand how to do that, how to be more confident in knowing that I'm able to move forward with my life, even though it's hard and do it anyway and understand essentially what's holding me back in my life. And I'm now able to help other women do that as well. And so as a life coach, I have a program that is a monthly coaching program. I have a some core content in there where you go in, you can see where you're at in the program and kind of where you're at in your infertility experience. And I have really tangible act like action items to take you from one step to another and really help you understand your brain and love yourself. And then we have monthly workshops where, for example, this month we're focusing on processing our emotions. And this has been one of the biggest things that I've learned for myself in my life is how to process all of it and know that when there are negative emotions and really hard things, I have done nothing wrong. And it's allowed me to really move through my life experiences with so much more ease rather than getting stuck in trying to hide those negative emotions. I'm able to process through them. And so essentially as a life coach, I help women do the same thing where we get on group coaching calls. Women will tell me what they're experiencing specifically with infertility. And then I'm able to see from outside of their brain what's going on and help them identify what thoughts are holding them back in their life so that they can move forward with more ease and solve essentially any problem they're experiencing. This is so powerful, Jenica, because I feel like infertility, miscarriage, these are, these have been taboo topics that have had a stigma around them for a very long time. And yeah. even though people are starting to talk about them more, um, they're still overall there's not a lot of support for women who are ex experiencing these things. And there's a lot of women experiencing them. Right. So to be able to be in a situation where you can have community support, where you can have someone like you coaching and providing that support is just so powerful. So where can they, I, I would love to end this with you telling them where they can come find you, where, where they can come find all the work that you're doing. Um, thank you for everything that you do for, 
for us for to, to give guidance and hope and encouragement. It just really is so powerful. Oh, thank you. I just, it's just truly changed my life. And so I just honestly want to shout it from the rooftops because it's not as hard as we think that it is. And so people can find the coaching, like more information about coaching at fearlessinfertilitycoaching.com. And all of the ways that you can also contact me or reach me are on that page as well. Like our private Facebook group and our Instagram and everything like that will be there as well. Awesome. And we'll put a link to that down in the show notes too. Jenica, you're the best. You're the best. Oh my goodness. I just absolutely adore you. I just love that you're so open and real about life and that, I mean, all of us, I, I think that's, you just have the most incredible gift in words and helping people feel less alone in this absolute insanity of life. <laughs> this crazy journey in life. You're the best. It's a little, it's a little crazy sometimes. So oh, I'm glad that we yeah. all get to do it together. So thank you for, <laughs> thanks for joining us, Jenica. You guys go, go follow Jenica, go, go find her. Um, we're rooting for all of you who are on this infertility journey. And if you're yeah. not, and, and, and if you listen to this, send it to a friend that, that it might be supportive to, to hear our conversation today. You guys have a good rest of your day and I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the I am podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from you online. So if there's something that really resonated with you, come and let me know. Share a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram at Ashley K. Lemieux so I can see what's impacting you the most. It might even help your friends. And remember, every time you ask yourself, am I really strong enough to do this? The answer is, I am. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.